Hi everyone. Today is a back to basics with Karen. We were supposed to have some baby moms here today, but they aren't able to make it because they're dealing with first colds. So we're going to talk about discipline in two parts. The first part is how to manage the moment. How do you manage those situations when your child is losing it, when you're losing it, when you just are frustrated, cannot get your child to listen, to comply, to cooperate, all of that great normal, normal stuff. The second part is how do you recreate those moments so that you're not experiencing the same drama day after day, week after week, every meal time, every bedtime, every morning when you have to get out of the house by a certain time. So it's two different strategies, two different reactions. But today we're just gonna focus on part one, how to manage that challenging behavior. Ready? So we know that discipline is especially challenging when your children catch you off guard, when they explode without warning or surprise you with a new kind of precociousness that just wasn't there last week. Out of control kids are not a fluke of nature. Out of control kids are inevitable. Children by their very nature make poor choices. They do incredibly stupid things and are either intentionally or accidentally breaking rules, doing things that don't keep them safe and don't even keep them happy. They either don't know better or they haven't been taught all of the skills to help them respond in this world with maturity, with patience, with self-control. And yes, we're spending the first five years, eight years, building executive function where the upper brain is managing the lower brain, but that takes a lot of skill and practice, way more practice than parents have any patience for. So I know that you really want your children to be accommodating, agreeable, and do whatever you ask them to do in a timely way, but that's really not gonna work. So the first sanity condition is to plan for the misbehavior. Every child misses the mark of perfect behavior at some time. Discipline isn't just what you do in that crazy making moment, but discipline is everything you do from the time your child wakes up in the morning till the time your child goes to bed at night. And quite possibly, it even has an awful lot to do with whether you're getting a good night's sleep and what you do for yourself in between. But we'll just have to save that part of taking care of yourself so that you can have more patience, more problem-solving ability, more resilience. We'll save that for another time. But in the meantime, let's look at how to manage the moment. And I want you to start with mean what you say and say what you mean. Because if you don't know what you want, how is your child gonna have a clear idea of how to manage themselves and how to align themselves with your expectations, with what's appropriate, with what is out of bounds? You have to be really, really clear instead of being crazy parent, which is like, oh no, 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 like don't do that, come here. And you have to slow it all down and be able to say, I need you to sit with me for a little bit longer. I need you to whisper while we're waiting for our food. 
Now, this isn't going to be easy for you to say what you mean, to say it clearly and to say it in language that your child can understand and that connects to where your child is at the moment. In order for your child to learn anything, you must start where they are. Meet them where they are. It's kind of the principle of see me, hear me, love me. When you're telling your child what not to do, what's happening is your child is hearing blah, 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 jump on the sofa, blah, 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 hit my sister. Their brains aren't reversing all of that don't do stuff so clearly. So before they can figure out what they should do, they have to, they have to go into that in-between space of, uh-oh, don't do that. Well, what am I supposed to do instead? So start cultivating those better choices by, by being clear yourself on what you really want them to do. And if you say it with patience and by helping them get from where they are to where you need them to be or where that space is that'll make them happier, help them accomplish what they want better because we know they're self-sabotaging themselves with all of the crazy making behavior. So they absolutely need our help. This is not just compliance and do things my way. This is how do we empower our children to help them find a way to be effective, capable, and masterful in their world. But I really need you to keep it simple here because remember, you're often in reaction mode. That is, that lower brain of ours is in fight or flight, is in fix, fix it quick, do this now, stop. But what you want to do is get to that calm place and think very much in that present. Think that your child is the here and now child. So you want to be saying something as simple as, hold my hand. Or if your child is falling apart, start with that pause that says, do you need some help? I'm here if you need me. Slow it all down so that you can actually meet your child where your child is. That's the first step of managing the moment and being completely, <laughs> I know that's not realistic, present to your child. Because if the moment's going to escalate, then it's your child in in an emotional storm that they need your help with rather than, than like our last episode, calm teaches calm. If you're coming in and reacting, then you're actually putting the gasoline on their fire and it's becoming more explosive. So slow it down, say what you mean and mean what you say. Now there's a very tricky part to the mean what you say and that is that in order for your child to cooperate, you have to be prepared to act. So if you give your child instructions, directions, or a gentle command, like I need you to stop, I need you to slow down, I want you to hold your fork, I want you to give me that knife, whatever it may be, a, a gentle reminder like walking, walking slowly, uh, in order for your child to comply, you have to be ready to help them assist because otherwise they are learning that you don't mean what you say. That mommy or daddy is just going to keep talking at me while I'm in an action frenzy and I'm going to keep pushing and seeing when they're ready to come and help, when they're ready to come and show me that they really do mean what they say. If you care about it, then you have to be prepared to act yourself. 
So it's going to be tricky. In order to get your child to stop doing something that is either unsafe or inappropriate, um, let's say it's banging the, the, the pot on your cat's head, then you have to be ready to come over and go, uh, after you say those words gentle, or after you see if they can, they can hear your message, then you come over and you take the pot. And you say, oh, let me put that up here so that the cat is safe. And then you go to the cat and you, and you are empathetic and you are kind and you show that you care about the thing that you're asking your child to listen to. Now that's all well and good when your child is in that age and stage when they want to please you, when they want to learn to make right choices, when they want to learn how to be in this big world of ours. But you know at 18 months, at two and a half, at three and a half, at sassy, sassy five, that there's going to be times when your child looks at you with a twinkle in his eye and he's like, really? No way. I know this is fun. I know I feel powerful. And I really don't want to be listening to you right now. This brings you to a whole new stage of parenting. Ellen Galinsky called it the authority stage. Now you have to decide, how will I enforce limits? How will I teach my child what's right and what's wrong, what's okay and what's not okay? Now you are in a whole nother relationship with your child where you have to be the teacher, the leader, the guide. And that's not always a comfortable place because it's so much more fun to just have fun. Okay, I'm not asking you to be the enforcer. I'm not asking you to be harsh, and I'm not asking you to do anything unloving to your child. But they are counting on us to set limits. They are counting on us to keep them safe, even when they are testing, when they are exploring, and when they are finding out who they are in relationship to this big world, to people, to places, to objects, to all of those kinds of things. So what I want you to do is come from a loving place, but realize, okay, I am on your side with you, but I'm going to help set safe limits and constructive consequences. And again, what it's going to be, I, I like the analogy of bumpers in bowling. You're not managing the child. We don't have to manage people. We're helping your child gain the self-management strategies by setting up guides and, and, and outside perimeters that keep them from falling off the edge or from going too far on their own. So how does your child learn that enough is enough? Well, you have to set, you have to set these limits and you have to know for yourself what is in your comfort zone for doing it and what is I mean some parents are really comfortable when the food starts flying around the house and I'm not saying at 18 months because mealtimes are still very textural and experimental you know but when your child is seeing how far the peas will fly across the kitchen then maybe that's not the way you want to teach your child to engage with food because you want a more respectful experience and you want your child to know that this is something of value and something that um, has a certain kind of purpose. We can go outside and, and throw other things later. But right now, if you want to throw those peas, it's telling me you're not hungry, and so we can say goodbye to the food. 
natural consequence. When it starts getting non-mealtime behavior, then mealtime's over. It's not antagonistic. It's certainly not about shame or about this judginess. It's just like, I'm not gonna let you have a free-for-all when I, when I am here to show you that mealtime is in our house, and again, each one of you picks your own rules for your own house. In our house, I want meals to be quiet and peaceful so that you can focus on your body, you can focus on the taste of the food, and if that's not where you are right now, great, we'll put it away for a little while. So for me, food is a kind of a black and white. Um, again, with, with pets, with siblings, it gets a little bit more complicated, but it's this idea of what is that, how do I make this cease and desist or how do I contain this behavior so that it's not going to keep escalating. If your child is dancing on the tabletop, then again, at two, it becomes a testing behavior, but it's also a very powerful experience for your child. So you want to understand, I know you want to be up there dancing because it looks like a stage, but I'm not gonna let you dance on the table because tables aren't for, for standing or climbing. So I'm gonna just bring you down a thousand times. Um, or we're gonna go into a different room if that becomes too stressful and too frustrating for either one of us. Most of all, just like the Calm Teaches Calm podcast of last week, I want you to be on the same side as your child. It's really very, very important to avoid the me against you kind of experience because that's just going to lead you to the power struggles. And yes, 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 there will be times when your frustration or their frustration is unavoidable. Take a deep breath. None of this makes for perfect parents or for perfect children or for perfect anything. This is about riding this roller coaster of behavior, misbehavior, not so great choices, new struggles, new dramas. All of this is part of the normal cycling around and spiraling of, of development and of social, emotional, and cognitive growth. It's normal, it's expected, and there's going to be a lot of times when you're feeling like you don't have any idea what you're doing, why your child is doing this, or what's the best way to respond. It's all right. That's really part of the secret about this relationship that is yours for the next hmm, lifetime. Um, and a lot of this stuff that you're going through in the preschool years is going to make you super capable and competent when you get to middle school and high school. But these little struggles, and I know they don't feel little, they, they feel crazy, um, but these struggles that you're facing now become the foundation of how you resolve conflict, disagreements, um, and the challenges of raising children to be the best people they can be not from a control point of view, but really from a, we are here to guide you and assist you and help them evaluate, did that work? Did it not work? Was it worth the struggle? Do you need some extra time to figure it out, to learn it? That's all okay, but it's not an easy process when you're living it. Okay, so remember, the calm teaches calm from last week, so it's really important to avoid the power struggle. You will not 
win any power struggle because you're going to end up regressing into your own childlike behavior. Tantrums, hysterics, frustration, escalating voices, you know, fist pounding, all of that good stuff. But as soon as you feel yourself sliding down to your child's emotional level, change the rules of engagement. I love it in, in, in another article that we wrote. It was called Flip the Script. Get out of it. Reframe it. Redefine it. Find a different way of being in this moment. Stop speaking the moment you feel yourself starting to repeat yourself. I told you to get down from there. I told you to get down from there. Put that down. Remember, when you start repeating, you're only teaching your child not to listen. So no need to make empty threats. Really no need to bribe. But instead, give yourself a minute. It could be a mommy timeout. You can actually be the role model of regaining control so that your child can see you practice what they need to practice. So you can say, okay, just a second, mommy needs a minute to get calm. We need some time to be able to figure out a better way to do this. Okay, let's all take a breath right now. Just that little pause will help you disengage from the power struggle. And if that doesn't work, or if that doesn't feel right for the moment, then the other thing that always seems to work for me is to step back and describe the situation at hand in very, very neutral terms. You can say something like, I know you don't like waiting in lines. I know this is really hard. I know we want this right now. And, I can't, and I'm gonna help you to get calm and to figure out what the best solution is. You can use yourself as the role model for great, great, great problem solving. But when in doubt, just step back from the power struggle. And how do you know if it's a power struggle? Very, very clear. If it's always a power struggle, if you give in to your child, if you say yes and you, and you waver just a little bit on your consistency and they up the ante on you. So let's say that your bedtime routine has been three books, a kiss on the head, a tickle on the tummy, and a, and a blowing a kiss from the door. And you, you, they, they come back and they say, but I need to go to the bathroom. They go to the bathroom and then they need a glass of water and then they need an extra book. If, if they're upping the ante on you, then they are in a spiral that they can't get themselves out of and they need your help and your assistance to contain it and de-escalate it. And that doesn't mean they're going to be happy when you set the final limit and you say, I'm sorry, this is the last time for tonight and we'll do more in the morning. We'll have more books. We'll have more fun. We'll have more kisses. They're not going to be happy, but trust me, they really do need you to set the limit because they can't and they get themselves stuck. So with kindness, compassion, empathy, and understanding, accept their stuckness. Don't be afraid of their struggle and let them, if they need a little bit of a meltdown to de-escalate, because remember, they're in, they're in lower brain, they're in primal brain, they're in reactive brain, and they need time to get that all back under control again. Okay, now that's all well and good. See, the, the problem with the whole discipline scenario is that there are no magic formulas, there are no magic answers that are gonna get you through every situation. 
So what happens is sometimes it seems like a constant battle. It seems like you're saying no 50 times every hour and that your child is always pushing buttons, pushing limits, asking for that one more, one more, one more. That's a tough one because now we're in the choose your battles and know that your child might just be in one of those interminable oppositional stages where everything is truly a battle. Everything is frustration because they are in huge growth mode and they are pushing against everything because they're growing so fast and it's a little bit frenetic. So pick one or two things that you wanna work on at a time. If you're saying no all day, if mealtimes are a struggle, if bedtime is a struggle, if if buckling car seats are a struggle, then de-escalate, slow things down, and only work on one thing. And so if your child is throwing food, let them throw the food and just say, all right, we're only gonna work on getting in the car without screaming. And let them know that this is, I'm gonna help you, we're going to, we have to put on the seat belt. I have to I have to have you stay in your seat and keep that buckled or I'm going to have to pull the car over and rebuckle. Or and here's a really great tip that's not easy, but I promise you a couple days and it can work. And that is if your child is testing, let's say taking off the seat belt in the car, running in parking lots, going to the mall. You know, there's this scenario that's just like they just will take that opportunity to push every time they get there. Then use it as a teachable moment and go put them in the car for just a ride. Pretend you're going to the mall. Pretend you're going to their favorite park, their favorite ice cream store, and let them know you have to keep your seatbelt on the whole time. You have to stay in your car seat. And if, they, and if you don't, we're gonna have to turn around and go home. Now here's what's gonna happen. If you were really going to meet friends, then you would be really frustrated to have to take that experience away or to, um, to be the bad guy. But if you're only doing it to teach the lesson, then, and, and, and maybe do it for the ice cream store so that you know that um, they will have a great surprise on the other side and they aren't calling your bluff, then just turn the car around and say, I really need you to sit in your, in your seat until we get there because it's not safe. And if we're not safe in the car, then we have to go back home. Easy, natural consequence. And a couple of times, two or three times, I promise you, your child is going to make a better decision because they have that much rationality that they can manage that. So choose the battles so that you know you're not constantly in opposition and in drama with your child. That's just gonna to be too overwhelming. And what happens is your child feels like, I can't do anything right. Mom and dad are always you know, unhappy with the way I am. So only overlook some of those things while you can. And, and, and then what we'll talk about in part two of this discipline discussion is that you will create routines and rituals so that you're filling in the gaps with some good positive experiences because you don't want life to be that out of balance that everything is a struggle. But believe me, 18 months to two can be very challenging. If the twos are mild-mannered, the threes are gonna be vocal and assertive and challenging. So these, these are part of development. I want you to expect them, but I don't want you to be 
um, completely frustrated and unsettled by them. Now here's another thing that really helps in these oppositional stages, play and humor. Sometimes when you feel like you're this teacher all the time, when you're the rule maker, when you are the authority parent that has to get cooperation all the time, you feel oppressed by it and your child certainly feels oppressed by it. So it is true that you will catch more flies with honey. That old Mary Poppins thing of a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. This idea that I can be relaxed and take the edge off the situation and let my child know I'm really not going to let you do it, but we can laugh and be playful while we're learning new skills. So, so much of childhood misbehavior is testing. Don't take the bait. Your child will learn the same lesson from silly parents that he learns from, from serious parents. So do something unexpected. Walk backwards to intercept that ketchup bottle that your child's emptying into the pool. I promise you that they're gonna stop and go, what? What is she doing? And, they'll, and, and just that little bit of pause is that little crack that you need to help them rethink, regroup, and regain some composure there. Speak Martian. You'll get your child's attention way better than yelling. And they know, oh, when, when I get crazy, mommy speaks Martian. You will be doing wonderful brain building stuff. And really, I don't know how to speak Martian, but, I, but you can figure that out. So lay your head down on the breakfast table and start snoring instead of complaining about being late for school again. It, it's hard, I know it's hard because it means to be a playful parent, to be a creative parent, that you have to take such good care of yourself that you can get out of that lower brain of yours that is all frustration and fight or flight. When you know that you want to run away from your, from, from your house, from your children, from all of this responsibility of raising fabulous kids, or when you want to fight them, you know that you're in a position of not teaching. And when your child is sensing those frustrating anger, confusion, ambiguous emotions of yours, they're focusing on emotions and they can't teach. I'm sorry. They can't learn because remember, for all of that upper brain to work, they have to feel safe, secure, and actually trusting that you are there to help them through this. Okay, I only have one more tip for you today, and that is when you're in that manage the moment situation, I want you to choose the best action you can and stop grasping at straws. Discipline is both art and science. It's finding what works for you and for your child. But desperation never works. What happens is you start, you start giving them the reminders. You try to be funny. You try uh, being on their side. You try all the things that we've talked about. But you, they feel your desperation, and so they can't feel the calm presence that makes them feel safe and secure. And so the desperation, again, is kind of that gasoline on the fire. So what I need you to do is use time away from the moment, which will be our next discussion, but use time away to know that you are smarter than your child. If you think about it and have a plan, 
before the recurring dramas happen or when your child hits a new stage and you know, oh my gosh, like I've never seen my child do this before. Take a minute, think about it, talk to your friends, listen to some podcasts, get some ideas, try a couple things, but be calm and patient with yourself. And, and remember, if you mean what you say and say what you mean, at least you're gonna create those bumpers on that bowling alley that keeps all the behavior in a smaller moment than an escalating moment. And that's good enough for today. So try not to keep being pushed to new frustration levels and do your best to stand by your best whatever your best is for today. You know enough for today. You're learning with your child and you don't have to know everything right now. So when in doubt, pause, describe the moment, mean what you say, and if you really have to, take a little break. Last thing, I'm not a real big fan of timeouts. If you Google timeouts, you'll see that it really is a form of punishment. It's a way of withholding attention and positive connection in order to coerce or manipulate your child into better behavior. We want you to think about time in, but there's nothing wrong with saying we need a minute to regroup. And Claire Cherry, many, many years ago, called it renewal time. Don't think about time out as a punishment, as a anger, as a, as a isolation. It's a, you know what, we both need a minute to stop and think about what a better way will be. I'll meet you back here in five minutes. Um, and, and take that time for yourself, take that time for your child, but know that you are on the same side and you really, really, really have got this. Thanks so much for listening. We will talk about this with parents at another time, and there's some great other podcasts that are about how do you honor and respect voice and choice, what do you do with rewards and bribes. Look back to those old podcast titles, and you'll hear us having those great conversations about real-life situations with real children and real parents because we know it's easier than we've done. Have a great week, everyone. It's been a real joy talking.